I heard these young chaps are doing David Lynch month. Well, that is very swell. I love David Lynch. He is splendid. Well, in this podcast, they are talking about 1980 film The Elephant Man, starring Anthony Hopkins, John Hurt, and Anne Bancroft. The film is about a Victorian surgeon rescues a heavily disfigured man who is mistreated while scraping a living as a sideshow freak. Behind his monstrous facade, there is revealed a person of kindness, intelligence, and sophistication. So let's get into this podcast and listen to the young chaps. October 3rd, 2023, 10.36 p.m. Eastern Time, episode 258. Oh, Dubs, you poor fellow, it's episode 259. A Big Trouble in Podcast. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Zach. And uh, Chaz... Uh, Chaz is, is dead. We killed him. He's, he's, dead. Dead. he's dead. After he <laughs> disrupted getting some color and putting me in a face lot and a face lock and eating Swedish fish angrily... Uh, we decided to have him sleep with the fishes. So no, nah, he's in a freak show now. He, he, he's somewhere in Brussels, being in a freak show. <laughs> oh, the amazing man. Pokemon card autist. <laughs> oh, there's uh, much bigger freaks than him, but I know. <laughs> Maybe we'll bring him back to life in the future. It's, but, it's, uh, tis the season for that kind of stuff. We might yeah. wish him back with the Dragon Balls. There's no fucking guarantees though. Yeah, <laughs> but speaking of weirdness, I guess uh, we're doing David Lynch month uh, here uh, for November uh, because we are recording this in October. I, I keep on forgetting we're doing that. And I'm like, oh, we're recording. <laughs> but yeah, David Lynch in November. And we're starting off with the elephant man. I didn't research this at all uh, when I chose the list. I kind of looked at it and I like. I'd never heard David Lynch do this movie before because it's he, his oh, second most straightforward movie. Yeah, it's I heard he got a second movie. I heard it's he got a lot straight of up a second movie. You're right. I heard he got a lot of Oscars for this. Is that true? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, they, it won a bunch of awards. It I was uh, it was a financially successful movie. It like the budget was five million dollars, and it made like twenty six or something. Mm. Uh it was produced by Mel Brooks, but he they didn't he didn't want anybody to know about that because he was afraid they'd think it was a comedy or some shit, which I understand. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, if I see his name on something, I, I would have assumed the same thing. So that was right. I want to so, know the circumstances behind that though. Like really someone just showed him it's funny, someone showed him the script and he had never even heard of David Lynch, so they had him watch Eraserhead and he loved it. And he's <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's do this movie, I'll finance it. So it's pretty great. What a great guy. I like that guy. He's pretty cool. Yeah. He's pretty uh, funny. It had a good uh, stars in in, the, in this movie. Anthony Hopkins, uh, John Hurt, which you wouldn't recognize him because he is the elephant man, a.k.a. John Merrick. Uh, 
and and Bancroft isn't also in this movie. Um, and I would let's get into highs and lows. I really love how this movie shot. By the way, it, if it was in color, I think I would have been like kind of disappointed. Yeah, I, I don't lo- think it would be as it would look as good in color. Actually, no, it wouldn't. Yeah, because I. I think the black and white one because of the Victorian uh, era. I think it looks right for some strange reason, and also John Merrick, like the 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 shadows and the darkness of him being in the shadows sometimes, and that, you know how they were being like ambiguous with him in the beginning, like you were getting like bits and pieces of him, and then when you finally see him a little bit, he, those shadows were making him look even more terrifying. Uh, that's because the shot was done, you know, on purpose. Uh, but if it was color, I think it would be very dated. Like, oh, this is a 1980 movie. <laughs> I think you would be able to tell the makeup is like worse if it was in color too. That's another thought I had. Yeah. Um, I also found out, I guess, fun facts uh, we could bring about here is I never knew this was about like a true story about a guy named, uh, I think he had a different name, first name. His last name was Merrick. but I- Joseph Merrick. Yeah. It's like an arbitrary change. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why they did that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it almost like kind of followed the same stuff as history. Like this doctor, uh, you know, kind of saved him a little bit. I I also liked what David Lynch did in this movie because you have Mr. Bites, who's like the fucking circus ling- ringleader douchebag guy who was using uh, John Merrick as like this freak show thing. And then, you know, Anthony Hopkins, the surgeon, like he, he was caring, but he was also like, I'm, I'm going to study him. This is fascinating. It's going to be great on my resume type of thing. Uh, and you know, that's when he had his like realization, like, Oh man, I'm almost like Mr. Bites. I like that little story inside this history a little bit. I, I don't know if like David Lynch, you know, read into history and see if, something like that happened or he just created that himself. I don't know. But I want to hear your guys' highs and lows about the movie. Andy, anything? Uh, I like the way it's shot a whole lot. And of course the acting and directing is uh, stellar. I do not care for the sound mixing in this movie. Like it's not, it's not terrible, but uh, it it does this weird thing. Like um, I I don't know what they're doing specifically, but it's like he, he recorded the room every time and then like boosted it over um whatever they were using the shotgun mic or the the um the mic on the pole i'm sorry i don't know these Mm -hmm. terms but um everyone's walking around on these like harsh wooden floors and stuff because of the era and it's just everything's real boosted and it keeps coming through real clearly i just I, i i don't know it's distracting like several times it kind of pulled me out of the movie because i was thinking about Oh, it's weird. It's old wooden floors or whatever. Stuff like that. I, I really didn't even notice, but maybe I wasn't paying attention too much. Uh, I didn't notice that either, but <clears throat> I also think it's just how they fucking did a lot of older movies. It, to me, it's like, that sounds like an old movie. You can hear all the background it, noises and everything. It sounds different to me than other movies from 1980. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know what it is. Again, also, I'm I'm not seeing this movie for the first time, so maybe I was just looking for other stuff, because I don't remember having that critique of it before. You're also listening through a television speaker like a Philistine. <laughs> I know you are. No, I watched it on my computer. With headphones? Yeah. Okay, that's okay. Then then you're safe. 
At least not, he did that. No, I, uh, I, I've been watching a lot of the stuff on my computer. Honestly, it, um, it's free on Pluto with commercials. And usually Brave Browser will not show me the commercials, but it did for this one for some reason. But after after the first commercial break, I was like, ah, I'm locked in. I might as well just do it. At least maybe it, it was something, maybe it was something with the streaming though, too. You know how like all these streaming services have different fucking algorithms for like their audio mixing and like it's equalized differently and there's nothing you can do about it and all that stuff. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? At least it wasn't on a mobile phone. David Lynch no, doesn't... you're not David... watching a film on your goddamn telephone. <laughs> uh, uh, Zach, what about you? What, what were your highs and lows about this movie? Uh, this was the first time I saw this one. Uh, I've, I've owned it before for years and, and didn't watch it. <laughs> I just never got around to watching it. And um, now I have a fancy Criterion version of it, which I watched. <clears throat> and uh, I liked it a lot, honestly. Uh there wasn't really anything I disliked about it. Um, I guess the only thing I could say I disliked, you know, maybe you might agree. That's why I'm bringing it up right now is like when it gets a little too David Lynchy a little bit, like in the beginning, you see like this woman inside of a like moon thing. And at the end, you know, when he dies, uh, like she's that lady again, like so you're going to have a rough month. Brother, I you're mean, not next week. Next week will be fine, but yeah. you're gonna have a rough month. If th- if that was the low point of Elephant Man for you, then in two weeks and three weeks, you're gonna have a, a bad. Well, bad it reminded time. me of, like Star Child <laughs> from Space Odyssey a I little bit. I liked that part actually. Uh, and the thing at the beginning, it was weird, and I don't really understand what he was going for there. But I also loved it because it was just like, what the fuck, man? He can like film anything and have like weird industrial sounds or, or, or screaming or just distressed looking people or something. He likes to and it's just, it's fucking there. terrifying. He can make goddamn anything terrifying. It could be, uh, you could driving down a road at night is fucking terrifying the way he films it. <laughs> Dude, that old guy, like fucking eating that girl's mouth was terrifying. God, God damn. <laughs> well, he's, he's really good at that shit too. Making like weird, unsavory people, do things and it just really unnerves you. That's <laughs> another thing he's really good at doing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that scene um, where the doctor's returning to the hospital or whatever, and they show for pretty much no reason. There's two lepers. There's two like women having a fight in the lobby for some reason, and they're both they both got like sores on them or something. And it's just like off putting and scary out of nowhere, and then just, the, the movie just moves on. I couldn't tell. I didn't, you know, pause to really look at him. I thought that they just got in a fight and busted each other open hard way. <laughs> Maybe I don't. It looked irregular. I, I, I don't know. That, that that's what I got out of it. They looked like they had leprosy or something. Either way, two women were bleeding in a hospital lobby, and it was there was chaos. And they were fighting. They were screaming, like wailing. Was David Lynch like trying to poke at like machines? By the way, because like when Anthony Hopkins is like opening up that guy, and so by the way, with no mask, uh, <laughs> Victoria never didn't care. Uh, yeah, and like he's like, hey, these damn machines have a mind of its own. And I'm just like, is that David Lynch with them? Yeah, yeah. is that I David think... Lynch being like machines suck? <laughs> no, I think David Lynch has like a weird fascination with uh, industrialization. Um. Like when you watch, you've seen Eraserhead, haven't you? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. I well, know it's I know it's based off of like industrial revolution type of stuff going on. Yeah, kind of. You so can yeah. almost 
sort of like you could almost say it's like some kind of weird post future possibly apocalypse setting i'll be fair you could say i heard a racer head is blankety blank and no matter what you would say i'd probably go sorta sorta yeah (laughs) i think i'd say sorta almost no matter what you said (laughs) um but he it goes back to when he first moved to philadelphia i guess for i don't don't remember what he was doing there if he's going to college there or whatever i can't really remember Mm -hmm. um but he was like fascinated with like the the industrial grime and backdrop of philadelphia and shit and it it shows in like a lot of the stuff that he a lot of the movies he makes Mm -hmm. he likes to focus on like big smokestacks billowing out fucking smoke and there's like you know machines and machine sounds and fires and furnaces and usually it, it indicates something bad is happening uh typically in his movies if when that kind of stuff is going on mm-hmm. i also want to bring up too like now I, I guess you could probably say the elite were like looking at him and disgust in a certain other way but it, it shows the elite in a lighter you know m- mood compared to the like general public the poverty public who were just like bullying this elephant man around like when he's around like all the rich folks and stuff, like some of them were like kind to him. Others were just like, I, it's a spectacle. That's why they kept on going to his room and talking and having tea and shit. Uh, but another wholesome moment is when his friend, you know, brought him to the theater and they were all clapping for him. It, it made it look like the rich folks were like into him compared to the, the public. Well, I mean, they make the point. A lot of them are just using him for clout. There's yeah, like, I saw the there. elephant man, like you know that kind of stuff, and, and then yeah. they, they start they start saying, "Oh, this is the same thing as as what was happening before." And he feels I think guilt. some of them, I think, genuinely were interested and liked him. I guess otherwise, I mean, he kind of became like a local celebrity, I guess, in a way. Yeah. So, you know how how you know uh, the real Merrick and this guy Merrick dies is he wants to sleep like a normal person, but his head is so big that he kills himself. His Pretty ne- much. His, yeah. I'm, that's fucking sad, bro. <laughs> like, it is. Yeah. Like I read, I read about it. I guess he, he kind of severed his fucking spinal column because that, that was the official autopsy thing. Uh, just the weight of his head caused it. He didn't like die from asphyxiation or anything. It was like that. <laughs> the way it was shot, like, you kind of knew the ending was coming and also like they hinted it a little bit uh, the one of the nurses like you know does Mrs uh, I forgot her name um and Bancroft's character does she know that he's dying and stuff and then like yeah. the, the final scene like he's done with his paper mache uh, building uh and he's like looking at the picture it's like he's almost like knowing that he's going to die it's th- did you guys feel that way well when he finishes his little card card cathedral, he's like, "It is finished." <laughs> yeah. He just decides he decides he's done. I mean, I I read further, and I guess he was suffering from like COPD and stuff, and maybe he was just like, "Yeah, I I, I feel fulfilled." I, I guess I guess I'm gonna end it on my own terms. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. I mean, he had like, oh, this was like the best best day of my life because he got acknowledged and he saw the show and he'd never been to the theater before and. He has friends and a home. Fuck Mr. Bites, by the way. That piece of shit. Also, the guy that... Uh, I think his name was Sonny Jim, which was really weird to me. 
And the guy, <laughs> the guy who worked at the fur, you know, he was, I guess he worked the furnace or something for the hospital. I think in the credits, it just says night porter. So I, I have no idea. He called himself Sonny Den. Yeah. The reason why I said that was really weird to me was because there's a character in Twin Peaks uh, season three named Sonny Jim, and he's a little boy. And I'm like, what the fuck? Is that like some kind of weird reference when he did that again? <laughs> I feel like it's something he would do, but I don't know. I wonder if it isn't like like a, like a saying, like a slang thing. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. The kid's name is actually Sonny Jim, though, because they always call him that. And he's in, he's features somewhat prominently later. Dude, I marked out when the old lady came behind him and fucking took him out. I was Heart like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. There it Only is. the head mother can fire him in hell. I was like, bam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and she was like, I think out of everybody, like she was one that, besides, you know, the friend at the theater and stuff at, with the Romeo and Juliet, she was another person that was like kind to the elephant man. Like she knew she looked, she looked through all the people like, yeah, these people are coming to, you know, see him like he was at the circus. And then that's when Anthony Hopkins is like, no, I don't want to fucking do it. Shut up. <laughs> and uh, I, I thought that was cool. I, I really like when I say I disliked, I just I didn't understand. It's kind of like this, uh, the ending of uh, Space Odyssey with the star child thing. I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> that the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. When you watch it, you're supposed to like it, it's not there. It's not just a movie where they're just going to show you what happened. Like David Lynch or Stanley Kubrick or whoever wants you to think for yourself and draw a conclusion based on your experience with this film. I guess I got to watch it more and understand it uh, a little bit better. I was like, I, is it his dream? Is that like a dream th- well, sequence? Mr. Bites says something about like his, the you know, Merrick's origin story is his mother was attacked by a rampaging elephant. And oh, to him, it, the, the, the creative backstory he made up to explain his deformity, that that's the, uh, the lore, the, the kayfabe of it. <laughs> I guess that's what that scene is in the beginning. Yeah, that's. I, 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 there is something I've been confused about the two times I've seen this movie. So, did that actually happen, or is that just his imagining of this imaginary backstory that Mister Bites has made up? I don't know because I didn't really dig that far into it yet. So I don't. I'm not sure. I don't know. I always wondered, like, is that is it like you know, like Dub says, like his dream? He's imagining all my 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 angelic mother got attacked by an elephant when she was Could pregnant a, with me. Or, yeah, okay. or did it actually happen and we're seeing it? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Messed up nightmare. Yeah. The long corridors that they do in like uh, the shots of the alleys and the shots of uh, you know the buildings and stuff. I kind of like that. <laughs> I don't know why. Just like the long fucking shots of Anthony Hopkins walking down these streets to get the Mr. Bites and stuff. I don't know. I, I found that interesting. Mm-hmm. I like how that was shot. Um, man, what what else could we talk about in this movie? I don't. There's a lot of stuff I want to say about this movie, but it's in reference to other David Lynch movies, so I'm a little hesitant to bring it up yet. Like it's kind of something I should save. I'll keep it in my back pocket until we get to the last episode because I know Dubs, you're seeing all these movies for the first time this month, right? Yes. Okay, so I won't I I won't go into comparisons or anything. Zach, you've seen like more than half of them right 
I've seen most of his catalog. Yeah, the only things I didn't see, haven't seen, was this in the straight story. And I think that's it. You're gonna do it. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> Next that's, week, you'll be a complete Lynch fan. Yes. Great. Have you seen all of Dumbland? Have you Dumb seen Land. that masterpiece? No. <laughs> no. You don't need to watch that. It's fine. Um, I don't know that there's a whole lot you could really like. There's not a lot to analyze about this movie necessarily because it's just a, it's a straightforward story. It's someone else's screenplay, and Lynch wasn't <clears throat> at his peak Lynchiness. Not so. yet. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. Um, and that's not like a to its detriment or anything. No. It it shows you that he can just do kind of like a normal movie, more or less. He loves midgets. There was a few midgets, and they were they well, helped. It's about freak show stuff, of course. Yeah, midgets. and that's that was a very that was a very David Lynch moment. I think you know all the all the freaks band together to help break yeah, them, bust them out of freak jail. That's one of my favorite scenes. Is where he says, "Luck, who who needs it more than we?" Yeah, I like that part. I thought the the giant guy, like I thought Mr. Bites was gonna come out and like be all drunk and shit and be like, Get back in cage and the giant would like fucking clothesline him or something. <laughs> but uh that, that didn't happen. Those fucking monkeys were loud as shit on my TV. I, I will that say means. that. Yeah, they're pretty alarming in in headphones. They chill out later. They probably just like, Man, we're screaming and nothing's happening. He's just sitting there. <laughs> You're like, oh okay, this isn't doing anything. Uh, filming that scene would have freaked me out if I was John Hurt, though. <laughs> he was already suffering anyway. He had long days. Like the, apparently, putting all that crap on him took like eight hours or something. And then they'd film until like ten p.m. for like from noon to ten p.m. Whatever he would do. And I guess he, I don't know, somebody overheard him. He called his wife or something during all that. And he said, "Well, they've managed to do it. I hate acting now." <laughs> that's, that's legitimately that's something that he said. I mean he should be no stranger to practical effects and, and latex and shit as we learned last week no it's just <laughs> I mean up to that point like has he ever had has anybody ever had that much prosthetics on him I, I wouldn't think so like this, like, this I, would I, have to be is, I mean, is that one of the Oscars this won was something to do with effects or makeup or something? Um, There was like some kind of like when this movie won all its awards, there was like a big to do about how there was nothing that recognized the makeup and special uh, effects people. And I think that caused that caused that to start happening. I think. Yeah, they keep having those conversations about stuff like um, when um, uh, Andy Serkis was Gollum, they had to have that conversation again. And yeah, like it's I don't know. It's dumb. I don't know. They, yeah, they don't want those people always get screwed over, though. You know, it goes back to what I was saying. So we're like, oh man, I, I hate all the crap they did in the prequels, or you know, the, the Star Wars movies, not the prequels. I mean, where they like changed all the special effects is like, like they just complain about how bad it looks sometimes or whatever. And I'm just like, well, I think it's just more disrespectful if all those guys that made all those models did all that crap, and then it's just like they erase all the work that they did. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, like. I think, I mean, really, if you're thinking about it in terms of like how much prosthetics has anybody ever had up to that point, I can't think of anything comparable except for like a guy in a monster suit. Yeah. I mean, if you were like the creature from the Black Lagoon or or, Godzilla, the 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 background of Star Wars, (laughs) something like that. Yeah. Or that's that's just plain a predator. (laughs) Yeah. But there's a difference between I'm in a monster outfit and I'm a man with a bunch of shit on me. 
with a bunch of crap on my face. Yeah. <laughs> you look like a thing from The Last of Us and the cordyceps and stuff when he uh, oh, went yeah, back. Sorta. When Mr. Bites Kinda. took him and shit and he like fell on the ground like the uh, like all looked like fungus on his back and all that stuff. Honestly, they did a really good job with that though because I saw pictures of the real Joseph Merrick and it's very, very close to what he actually looked like. Well, they got so they got his bones. They got his skeleton in like a museum or something like that. Uh, apparently, yeah. They even tried to analyze his skeleton, I guess, to help try to further figure out what was wrong with him. They can't do it though because it's been bleached too many times. So that's something that can happen, apparently. Yeah, I guess that's to to make it show worthy. Even yeah. even in death, the poor guy is getting displayed all over the place. Man. During during Victorian era, what did they say like how he died? Because he probably didn't know that he like died because his head probably snapped. I mean, he said that the the spinal column severed or something. Yeah, uh, I mean, Doctor uh, Treves found it out in his autopsy actually of him, like after he died. So oh, back in that era. Yeah, it was very shortly after that he figured oh, he figured yeah. it out. Yeah, I mean, he was a good doctor. He wasn't a quack. Because I, I was watching a YouTube video and I probably because YouTube didn't fucking research. And he was like, oh, they were, you know, doing other, you know, they said other things. I forgot the terminology. And well, then they, Treves himself figured it out, actually. Yeah. Which, Can't, I don't know. But uh, I don't know. This movie's about the, the duality of man, man. It's about, you know, man's capacity to be really charitable and, and kind and want you know, all that stuff. And then it's also about the the capacity to be cruel and self-serving and, you know, to take advantage of people that are disadvantaged. That's what this movie's all about, man. The difference between helping others and helping yourself. Yes. And, you know, he's a human under, you know, all of what you see. <laughs> he's not an elephant. He's a man. Yes. Uh, I, I I got a question. When Mister Bites took him, where did they go? Because they, you know, when the freaks get together and take him out, they put him on like a boat. Is that like a ferry? I guess it was a ferry. I guess they just kind of went somewhere else in England. <laughs> yeah, I thought every time. I again, I've seen the movie twice, but both times I was like, "Oh, he must be going like to the continent or something." But no, just still in England. Yeah. Because I got confused. I'm like, is he going to like America and like they're <laughs> they're gonna bully him there too? Uh, and no, they just ended up back, and that's when the policeman found him and brought him back to Anthony. Hop- By the way, Anthony Hopkins is fucking amazing in this film. I just want to say that he's just great, pretty much in everything he does. I don't know, he's he, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> has he has he been with like every top director <laughs> in Hollywood at this point? I feel like for a career as long as him, he just about what has been, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure he hasn't done all of them, but like the the big ones and stuff. I wonder if he did anything with Spielberg. I gotta check that out. I don't think he has. I don't know. I but uh, I will say this is the youngest I've ever seen him in any movies. I, I've never seen anything of him p- b- from before the 80s. Same. So. <laughs> yeah. Alright, well... My final thoughts is I I picked this movie blind, uh, and I thought it was gonna be, I don't know, I was I don't know what I was thinking, and I enjoyed it. I had a good time, uh, so I recommend Andy. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a good movie. It's worth watching. I I don't know. There's not a whole lot 
else to say about it. It's a very interesting story, and it's a very interesting movie. Zach? <clears throat> yeah, it's a great movie. I recommend seeing it. Uh, it, you know, help grow your heart a size larger or something. Unless you're not. like a complete useless loser and you have no heart. <laughs> yeah, I could see like an edgelord watching this and like laughing the whole time. Lol. Like, oh, it's so funny. Oh, look at me. I'm so edgy. Nah, man. Some of those scenes are rough. Like, you know, when he first brings him back to, uh, um, Dr. Trees brings him back to his house and his wife meets him and he just starts like crying. It's like, God. <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing. Is like the shot of his tears coming down. I thought that was good. It, you know, tugged at the heartstrings and all that stuff. Hmm. All right. Well, next David Lynch movie that we'll be discussing in next episode is The Straight Story, the Disney movie made by David Lynch, which is really interesting. <laughs> I, I I know it's about a like guy like trying to find his brother and stuff, something like that. Uh, mm. Is it? No? No, uh, well, sort of. Sort of? He mean, knows where his brother is. That's you can read the synopsis and it'll tell you what he's doing. Yeah, I guess that's true. But whatever, just watch it. Just have a yeah. little time. Hey, Chaz, what is your opinion on this cinema? So what did I think of the Elephant Man? I thought it was shit. Well, now, Chaz, that's not very nice. Can you be more specific? This film is actually uh, quite an underrated film, I think, uh, upon looking further into David Lynch's catalog, I think it gets overlooked because there isn't that, that same mystique that comes with a David Lynch film. Uh, again, it's early in his career, of course, uh, but this is a straightforward film, all things considered. However, the other thing about it is that it is a story based on truth, because it's based on true facts uh, about the, the main character who has uh, Proteus Syndrome. Uh, and, uh, or at that time at least, it's just called the Elephant Man because of the affliction that he has. But the story itself is, again, it is, is there's not any like weaving narrative or anything. These are, this is largely how his real life actually played out. And despite all of that, it is it is a story that easily could have been relegated in history. It is not taught, uh, but at very specific levels. For instance, myself, I learned this in medical school, had never known about it at all, uh, and it was really interesting. But it's such a, a surprisingly sad but also uh, redeeming story in a way. And he's, it's sad in the, the sense that just the common person treats him like he's an animal of course it leads to the the moment of uh, them saying you know he's i'm a man i'm not an animal but at the same time there's the closure to know that there are good people out there that were uh, able to show him a positive side of humanity uh, and uh that were compelling uh so i think there are moments of the story that are great it's a very bittersweet story especially with how it ended. Uh, try to keep it brief because I could go on. I actually really enjoy this movie a lot, and a lot of that has to probably to do with the medical side. But um, it also appeals to my side of the oath I, t- I took as a physician. So um, 
I, I think in that it's it's a phenomenal story about humanity, um, about how Anthony Hopkins' character is such a good person, not realizing and even questioning him own his own self, thinking that he has made this person out as a mockery. In reality, he what he's actually appealing to is that sense of of humanity and himself, the sense to do the right thing, and uh, and again, I think it's just it's got a great message overall in that way, despite the the, the stark sadness within it. Um, I definitely recommend this movie. I wouldn't recommend this to just David Lynch fans. I would recommend this movie to anyone. I think this is a great movie. In fact, I think it's one of those types of movies just based on the elements of of society and human nature. I, I think it's one of those types of things that you could show anyone. I, like, I think it's, uh, or not, should show it, but you actually, uh, it should be something that's not, I wouldn't say mandatory, but it's something that you could expect to be shown to students. Um, I wouldn't fly in this day and age, but anyway, I'm, I'm rambling. I, great movie, recommend it um, to anybody. Um, that's that. Yep. All right. Uh, so let's get to the post-credit scene. But before that, let's. Uh... Wrestling nerds, wrestling weebs, wrestling fans. If you're looking for a different kind of podcast, one that goes over actual big wrestling news, I mean real stories. Not somebody getting divorced or baseless rumors or whatnot. And get some color, we got that. We also do reviews of wrestling from the past, but sometimes we also do wrestling from the modern day too. If it's something that interests us at the time. Other than that, I would say the main attraction is just three guys who have been lifelong wrestling fans doing what wrestling fans do. Cutting up, cracking jokes, and just enjoying the entertainment wrestling can provide. However that comes. If you want to catch Getting Some Color, you can catch it bi-weekly on Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, usually. Usually. All right. Host credit scene is where we talk about what the hell we've been watching, playing, or doing. I'll go first since I really didn't do that much. Um, I streamed. I played some Halo Infinite. Um, I watched. Yeah, so they cut the people that suck and put people that put content in the game. So what did they actually do? They put content in the game. They changed the <laughs> ranking system. So now, like, when you actually finish a match, you actually get rankings uh, to say that. You know, like, when you played old school, like, uh, hey, I, Halo, the, like, they had a certain rank and be like, I'm this rank, motherfucker. I'm, I, I played all fucking week, and I'm prestige this and prestige that. Now, you have that on your name now uh compared to when you had these stupid challenges you had to get where the challenges were like you need to get three sticky kills with a grenade and people would literally not try to win the game but try to get their challenges so like i gotta get these challenges so i gotta do the sticky grenades uh and you know this progression you know through the battle pass even though you don't have the battle pass, which is cool. Uh, and then there's just events. There's infection mode. So like there's a zombie and you get shotguns and stuff and the zombie has the sword. Um, and <clears throat> the Tenrai event is everyone has swords and you do like capture the flag or uh, the one with the oddball and stuff. I played rank snipers. So 
I did that. And there's more stuff, but I just, I like snipers. So and that's all I've been playing. But it's fun again. There's people playing it. Um, I still, with 343, I'm kind of cautiously optimistic at this point. Where I'm like, anything can get fucked up. So I'm not going to like go full in. But it's bearable to play now. So that's a thing. <laughs> hmm. It seems and, to be their track record. Release something. Everybody hates it first. They fix it <laughs> a year or two later. <laughs> that that's everywhere now. It's like yeah, it's, it's so it's stupid. It's, it's like it's that's not every, it's not everywhere in everybody, but it's yeah, it's a lot of publishers. It's most people. I mean, Capcom has it down right. Like they know how to do content. Where Japanese just like, devs don't do that. They they uh, don't fall into that trap usually. I don't know what it is, why, but I think. I, I I like I brought like even because um, I was watching a YouTube video about this uh, this Korean game called the day the last day or whatever and it's supposed to be like a uh, zombie looter shooter type of thing mm. and they delayed the game like four four times and it's like I think game developers are trying to get that quick buck where they're just like hey you need to pre order this game or buy this game because we're gonna have all of this in the, in the game. And then you go, holy shit, you know, like, for example, Starfield, you get to do all this stuff. And then, you you know, you open the game and it's like, not all of it, but maybe down the road you will. And like the <laughs> cyberpunk is the same thing. Like you get to do all of this. It's going to be like this. It's going to be like this. And then you get it. And it's not like that. Well, cyberpunk had everything in it. It just didn't fucking work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the game would freeze and crash and. And load shit wrong, and you t pose on the back of your motorcycle. All the content was there; it just was not in harmony with the universe. Yeah, you needed another six months, probably. You needed to bake longer. But they know people are stupid, man. They know they're gonna buy the game. The, again, it's the only time is when you're gonna do something about it is when you don't buy the microtransactions or you don't buy the game at all. And I know we beat that dead horse to oblivion, but. That's that's what's gonna have to change in order for these fuckers to know to stop doing this. Well, something is changing, I think, but that's a news or, that's a news item for later, maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, um, I tuned in late for Wrestle Dream to see the rated R superstar Adam Copeland uh, in AEW now. Not it's called Wrestle Dream. Yeah, that was yes, it's based off of it Antonio. It sounds like a New Japan promotion. <laughs> he Tony Concepts kept saying this stuff about it's like this is a tribute to you know uh Antonio Noki, uh you oh. know, somebody that deserves more recognition. I'm like, Antonio Noki's recognized the world over. Everybody knows who the fuck he is. <laughs> just, you don't need to shine a bigger light on Antonio Noki, a guy who fought Muhammad Ali in a fucking stadium. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I tuned in because I was like, this is weird. Um, Christian and Darby are the main event. And I was like, that only means one thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Edge is now AEW. So I watched that. Trying to think what else. Oh, I, I talked with uh, Andy about this with Eric July um, and Nick Rakita. They had a little fallout going on with drama. Yeah, I missed. I didn't really keep up on any of that stuff. Actually, I've I've totally fallen out of that. 
Well, apparently, stay out of it. It's yes, it's bullshit. It's stupid. A stalker like went to uh, Ripa's fucking place, warehouse, and shit. And instead of just being like, "Hey, I'm gonna contact the authorities," so don't do that again. You well, did you just, see what what Riley, the guy who went there, did? Yeah, he put like uh, stuff on dollar or twenty dollar bills, like gay yeah. stuff. Well, it was um the the gimmick is uh he kept super chatting Eric July and he wouldn't read them, so he said read these bitch and he wrote his super chats down and taped them to twenty dollar bills and then taped them to the front door. Mm. I thought I thought it's worth mentioning because it is funny. Yeah, it, it is uh, funny. He got all up, bit out of shape over that. Yeah, I think I think the guy's a little unhinged. So, damn, I kind of think I'm kind of taking the side of the dude who never read his super chats. <laughs> I, I guess it has to do like Eric Jolly like had his store taken down or something. I don't know. There's there's like a history that I'm unaware of. So the way Eric Jolly said like in order to get where he got, you have to go down a road which is private apparently, and it's kind of like the back alleys of like stores and, and businesses and all that stuff. That's where the guy went and put his, you know, super chat $20 bills on his window and stuff. But anyway, Eric, instead of just being like, you know, stop doing that. I'm contacting the authorities just so that they know and you will be dealt with accordingly by the authorities. Instead, he's like, I have armed security and I'm strapped and everybody's strapped in in the establishment. This is Texas. In Texas, we, we shoot on sight. We shoot everyone. So Nick, unless, unless you're a school shooter in Uvalde, in which case we do not shoot. Yes, <laughs> and Nick Nick Ricada pretty much is like, well, you just can't shoot a dude, <laughs> you know, just being there. And you know, Eric July got bent out of shape and stuff. And after he did the interview with Nick, he made a video <laughs> uh, saying like, we don't tolerate this stuff. And he's like, I don't care what practicing lawyers say and stuff. Kind of like taking a dig at Nick Ricada because he's Nick Ricada is focusing more on his content and actually practicing as a lawyer. So he was kind of like digging at Nick Ricada and uh, apparently they, they're going to talk private. They're not going to do this on air type of stuff. So literally the drama is stupid, <laughs> but Eric July, I, he needs to chill, dude. Like he has to learn how to take criticism, which he can't do. Like if you criticize anything about his comic, he like fucking goes nuts. Really? Yeah. yeah. Did you guys read the second one? No, I, I just wondered if it was good. I've heard it's Okay. <laughs> But uh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait because he did a sale recently on Isom number one when he's trying to get rid of stuff in his warehouse. So I think I'm going to wait until he needs to clear some space in his warehouse for Isom number two. But eventually I will get it. I'm just not forcing myself to get it right away. Because I want Alpha Core. I'm more interested in uh, Chuck Dixon than anything. Because he's a an established writer compared to Eric July, so. And by the way, uh, Mike Barron is now on uh, Ripperverse. I don't know if anybody knows Mike Barron. Doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, I've that heard game. of him, but I'm not really familiar with him. Yeah, I I don't know much of his work, but I know of him because he's on uh, Comic Skate. Uh, he's been on EVS's streams, so. 
Yeah, that's all I did. I stream, which by the way, I stream every Monday, not Monday, Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern time. And if I'm, you know, off, I stream a little bit early. So come on by twitch.tv slash JoeDubs35. Andy, what about you? Uh, I haven't done a whole lot. I'm still working on Wild Arms. I, th- I think I'm toward the end. I- I'm getting to the point where all the characters have like their final attack and stuff. So I don't think there's a whole lot more to do in it. Um, and then uh, <clears throat> I talked before about how Zach and I played and beat Halo 1 in a day. Well, me and another friend, we played Halo 3 ODST and we beat it in a day as well. <laughs> just once you should get going on a Halo game, it was just a lot of fun. I, You know, it's nostalgia mixed with like a genuinely good game. ODST has always kind of been one of my favorites. Underrated. ODST. Yeah, very underrated. Like it's... um. It's it's kind of like short and sweet. They 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 don't pack it with like a bunch of bullshit. It's just every mission is has an interesting hook, and they go with it. And then when it wears out, it's welcome. It moves on, and you're you're back as rookie again. Uh, it has a fantastic soundtrack. I really like the music that plays when you're walking around the city at night. Um, it's interesting because the voice acting includes Nathan Fillion and Adam Baldwin, and you just think about firefly the whole time i forgot from when i was younger and i played that game though nathan Fillion's character is the biggest bitch in that game god dang he just bitches the whole time (laughs) (laughs) like we kept going like what is this guy's fucking problem (laughs) but uh the game game's still fun i i've been getting i've been getting my what what, whatever it was like 18 dollars out of master chief collection (laughs) pretty easily we played a bunch of uh firefight too because he had to have the game install the odst story so we just played reach firefight for a little bit and that that's also a blast i, I like i like just to i'm thinking about putting out feelers and be like hey does anyone want to like get together and play firefight just like do that for a couple weeks because i don't know i've been having fun with it um, speaking speaking of firefight by the way the next season halo uh, infinite might be firefight so and by the way, Halo Infinite's free, so... I mean, you can play Firefight on Master Chief Collection right now. I know. Reach, but... Or ODST. They both have Firefight modes, and they're both mm-hmm. good. I kind of... Uh, I want to do the ODST one a little bit, though, because you're underpowered compared to Reach. and I, I just... It's more perilous. I like that. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, other than that, uh, there's not a whole lot worth mentioning. I just watched... You know, I listened to a few podcasts. I, I watched that... Um, that Nick Ricada stream. I used to watch him a couple years ago. And I, I kind of stopped because he was talking about a bunch of topics that I didn't care about. And for a while, he would do something where he read super chats all the time. But it seems he sorted that out at least. But I did watch the one with uh, Eric July, and I watched the live show of Biggest Problem and a bunch of stuff like that. And there's a new episode from My Life in Gaming about accessories and like. Like uh, cables and controllers and memory cards and stuff like that. Like the most modern take on stuff like that and stuff they recommend. And it's very interesting. Like mm. if you if you like retro game bullshit. Well, actually, they talk about the PS5 and the Xbox One and the Switch. Or the Xbox Series X and the Switch in it, too. So, I don't know. It's just really good. I, I like my life in gaming. I, I always like watching those. I just wanted to bring it up on the show because I enjoyed this episode a lot. But that's kind of it. Just like YouTube and podcast bullshit. Oh, I watched WATP clips too. By the oh way. yeah, oh, that's right. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Carl. Anyway, Zach, what what have you been playing, watching, or doing? Uh, we'll go with play first. <laughs> I uh, 
played uh, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. You're always playing it when I'm playing Wild Arms. Yeah. And uh, I've not really dived into it very heavily, though. Uh, Just I had some friends over and we all played it. Um, It was... uh, pretty fun uh i they simplified it compared to like 11 and 10 and maybe even 9 it's been a long time since i've played 9 um but it feels like there's like less combos you can do in general it feels like they made some kind of attempt to like <clears throat> make everything to where there's like less shit you have to memorize is that a good thing or a bad thing um i don't know yet because perspective i guess it's going to be perspective. Like for somebody like me, who's like a pretty experienced fighting game player. I always have like really mixed feelings about that kind of thing. Um, but I don't know yet. Uh, they've also changed how everybody's special moves work too. So it's like, you gotta like relearn how everybody's stuff works almost. Some people have some of their classic moves, but in some of them, they, they have them, but they all work completely differently or something. Hmm. Um, like, and I will say, uh, people, even though like they've kind of simplified the combos and everything, uh, people still f- feel pretty distinct from one another. Like, I tried to play Melina, and I couldn't figure out her combos at all. I'm like, what the hell? I'm gonna have to like just learn this character, basically. <laughs> uh, but it's pretty interesting so far. Uh, I'm gonna look forward to pl- getting into it more when I can. I don't want to do it right now, <laughs> so so that's that. Um, I played uh Batman on Game Boy. <laughs> it's, just, it's just something I've been playing on the side here and there. I just got it in my analog pocket, and like when I get like I don't know 15 20 minutes to just screw around or whatever, I play it and then I put it back to sleep. <laughs> Dude, those things keep on selling out every time they get into the fucking store. Oh, are you trying to get one too? <laughs> yeah, it's so oh, you should have said something. I, I, I didn't let you know. I got one. On the last wave, it's not here yet, but it should be here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, they got cool colors now. <laughs> yeah, I got the colored one. I got green one. Uh, but uh, that game's pretty good, actually. I mean, you know, that's back when licensed games were. Yeah, they're always kind of a crapshoot, but potentially good. Yeah, half the time, I feel like one out of every three licensed games would actually be like decent. Yeah, sometimes you'd get Waterworld or the Virtual Boy, but sometimes you'd get Aladdin on the Genesis. See? Yeah. Uh, this game's pretty good. It's more like a run-and-gun platformer uh, kind of deal. Batman's got a gun. I don't know. He's... <laughs> it's, it always cracks me up when they have Batman shoot people. I don't. It's, it's strange to me. That's where um, Zack Snyder got his uh, inspiration, that game. <laughs> yeah, that, that shot in uh, Dark Knight Returns 2 where he's got a rifle on top of that building. That was my display picture on freaking MSN Messenger for like two years. <laughs> of course it was. I was like, Batman with a gun. Oh, it's edgy as fuck. I'm in high school, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's like one of those games. Uh, like It's got good music. It's a Sunsoft game. I guess uh, Sunsoft had the Batman license back then. Um, uh, it's just... The platform is a little floaty. You got to get used to its physics a little bit. It's a little different. Uh, it's not. It doesn't feel or play like the NES game. Uh, but it does like this thing. Some of those types of games did back then that really annoy the shit out of me. It's, it, Fester's Quest is known for it the most, I think. Where you get power ups. There's different kinds of projectiles you can get. But this is one of those games where it throws, uh, like 
power-ups at you that'll change your weapon, and it's, like, in your path, and you have no choice but to pick it up. And, and even worse, it does that thing where you can downgrade your power, too. And it's like, it's like, you'll, you'll, and you, I don't know what anything is because I don't have the instruction manual with the little pictures and shit. I just have the card. So sometimes I grab something and I don't know that it's like, oh, that's the power down icon. And fuck. Right. I, just, I hate that stuff. <laughs> power up shouldn't fucking punish you in video games. It's stupid. <laughs> but whatever. It's still a good game. Uh, I watched. It is it's October now officially. I'm watching horror movies. I'm on my my shit again. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I ever stopped, but now there's a more pronounced effort. <laughs> uh, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street just to watch it again. Uh, it's a great movie, classic for me now. Johnny Depp. Yeah, it's still it's still wild to me. That's Johnny Depp. I don't know. He just looks so so young and different. Um, I watched Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Uh, 3D, maybe. Uh, oh, did you guys watch the the Red Lunar Media revisited for Friday the Thirteenth? No, it's yet, pretty good. No. It made me want to watch a couple of them again. I haven't seen them since college, but it, it's pretty good. It's worth watching. It's well, this series. It's funny because like I, I've watched the first two, and I remember when I watched the first one, I didn't really think that highly of it. I actually thought it was kind of boring, except for Mrs. Voorhees. Yeah, I mean, I was like. I was like, damn, she should have been in that movie more. Like, I don't know why she wasn't. Yeah, to, to agree with you, I've always kind of considered Friday the 13th the, the least of the the big slasher trio. Def, well, yeah, so far. Uh, I watched part two a year or two ago after that, and I liked that one better, but it still wasn't, like, you know, that good to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, this one is just a smidge better to me, part three. And it kept doing things with like the kills. I'm like, why is it shot like that? I couldn't figure it out. Oh, it, that was a 3D movie. And I didn't know that <laughs> until I looked it's it up. It's very strange to watch now. It is very, yeah, because it's just, I mean, like, okay, what, the one kill where it's cool and it doesn't matter is when uh, he shoots that girl out by the lake with the fucking harpoon gun. Where the hell did he get a harpoon gun? By the lake? I like that one. That kill's fun. <laughs> it's, it, it, it you, they, it, it was supposed to be a gimmick, but even without like you know the 3D gimmick there, it doesn't matter. It still looks cool. <laughs> it's one That's of those. True. So are you gonna uh, watch the final chapter now? I'm gonna watch them all, unless like they they piss me off severely and I, I don't want to watch them. Anymore I mean, it's a few very skippable ones, but eh, fuck it, watch them all. Watch. I don't. All I don't think that'll happen. See, like my, my the mileage may vary with me because sometimes uh, just being entertaining can be enough for me. Like if it's just like. He's just killing people and it's fucking funny or some shit. That might work. That's that's part of the problem. It's like um, Jason takes Manhattan. The first three quarters of that movie are so boring and the kills all suck. And then like the last quarter of it is hilarious. So you're talking about uh, where he punches the dude's head off. That was amazing. I still think about that all the time. <laughs> it's one of my favorite kills. Uh, but yeah, we'll see where that goes. Uh, I also watched Nope uh, yeah. for the first time. We're doing this thing in our film our film group uh, on Facebook where we always celebrate October and, you know, we all post movies or something. Uh, What's your opinion? Oh, uh, I really like it. It's great. It's by far, like, his best film, in my opinion. It's my favorite. Uh, and, like, Andy was saying something in the post about how, like, it 
it's not really received all that great, like online. And I, I yeah, and I don't understand that. Uh, and I, I really don't get why everybody likes Get Out so much over that either. I, don't I think, I that. think a lot of people saw Nope and they were expecting something different, maybe, and they didn't like get it. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's what it was or not. I, I don't I, know what. I don't know why you can really glean because I remember like the trailers and I remember like the marketing. Mm. And I don't know that it really opened itself up for like expecting something really specific out of it. Well, I remember being being very, very impressed with the marketing of the trailers for that movie because they don't really give anything away. Yeah. There's just a lot of people looking at the sky and beyond that, you don't really get anything. And then when you start watching the movie, you're like, well, fucking aliens in this movie. And the answer to that is yes yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know i i freaking love that movie it's the, the whole movie it's fun from beginning to end you never know what's going to happen it's genuinely spooky oh, it's yeah. it's witty at that, parts yeah. all the mm-hmm. characters are interesting in their own special way like I, yeah. I don't know i just really liked it rip tmz guy on motorcycle <laughs> that part is great <laughs> <laughs> that's another part that's like cleverly written because you're like oh man he's like some government sci-fi men and black dude he's just like some paparazzi <laughs> i was i mean and i've said it before like I, i'm kind of i've been kind of iffy on jordan peele because some of his, his racial themes in his movies i feel like we're like real on the nose or like damn did you really have to do it that way kind of a thing it was subtle uh, in this one. Not too I bad. didn't really. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I didn't really get anything out of this one. Well, good. It, there you it go. Felt, it felt. It was just more like he just did a movie, kind of like us a little bit. I mean, there wasn't. I didn't think it was like really anything in that one that was like Get Out or anything. I guess he's a big fan of you know film in general and old movies and stuff. I, I saw some you know listicle article thing about they just pointed out all the movie references in the background of nope and they are themselves all very interesting yeah i picked up on a few things just kind of you know looking at the backdrops of everything too Mm -hmm. and yeah that final shot was was cool (laughs) yeah i I love it so much (laughs) uh um yeah highly recommend that one uh i also watched uh the and the A and E YouTube channel drops like bios randomly, like you know, from their show. Uh, they just upload them to YouTube eventually, and they dropped the Shawn Michaels one recently. It was like, oh, I'll watch that. It was very good. It was worth watching. It explained. I learned new things. I, well, <laughs> I didn't that's know. what I was about to ask: is when when an organization like A and E, you know, obviously they're they're trying to like reach a broad audience. Do you? Is watching him worth it to guys like you and and Dubs and 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 Chaz? Like, you you already know everything about Shawn Michaels. I would think. I guess obviously not. But is yeah, that common? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, most most fans seem to enjoy them anyway. You know, the A and E biography. Some some of them aren't as good as others. Like I always heard the Macho Man one was pretty hit and miss. Hmm. The uh, Warrior one was interesting. I I didn't know he was <laughs> <laughs> what he did after uh, WWE. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the thing with Sean was is like you really learn like just how fucked up he really was like in the mid to late nineties, like you know in terms of like his drug addiction and everything. And then we always have like this conversations about Vincent Man where it's like you always hear so many different stories about him. It's like that guy's an asshole. He's like a a shark business wise. And then there's like. God damn it, he just fires a bunch of people. And then, like, he goes out of his way to take care of people. You know, like, you hear all those kinds of stories. Yeah. Uh, and then 
found out Vince McMahon flew to Shawn Michaels' parents' house and told them, your son has a drug addiction. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I just, I need to talk. I need, I just felt the need to tell you he is in trouble. Sheesh. He does yeah, strut so- to the parents' house. Listen up, pal. <laughs> your son yeah. is on drugs, pal. So he, he's trying to fucking help him. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, uh, and, you know, just some other things about his personal life and whatnot. And, like, it's pretty interesting. You should check those out, Andy. You might you might find them interesting. Yeah, it seems like I'd be more the audience for something like that. Yeah, I should or try. Watch that one or, like, the Bret Hart one. But, uh, the Bret Hart one's probably, one. yeah, Stone Cold's pretty good. I think the Bret Hart one's probably my favorite, though. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm biased. So the Hitman's my favorite. Wrestler. You learn about Stu Hart making people puke and shit in the fucking dungeon and stuff. <laughs> um, that's pretty much uh, all the stuff I did, though. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure Chaz would talk about his uh, Pokemon stuff. And uh, what's the Disney one called again? Lorcana. Lorcana. Why is it called that? It's a weird name. Uh, I'm sure it has some kind of a story reason. I think there's a story to that game. It seems like it. I don't know. Maybe. You got ink. They're all drawings. Let's talk about card bullshit while he's not here for like Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Let's all all behave as if we're very receptive to Lorcana and then talk ourselves out of it live on the air. Yeah. (laughs) Well, wait till he's... Guys, I saw the last episode. You wanted to get Lorcana? No, we're done with that. We're playing Magic now. (laughs) (laughs) I discovered this new game called Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Very cool. It's not yeah. for children. I moved away from uh, cardboards. Now I'm doing uh, Warhammer models. <laughs> Warhammer 40K. Yeah. I only play uh, Mage Clicks now. I'm back into Hero Clicks. That's my shit. Yeah. Well, anyway, next uh, episode, we will be talking about the straight story. Uh, and PP Dubs, producer Dubs, will uh, tell you where to follow all our podcasts and stuff. But until next time, guys, see you later. Peace. Thanks for listening. I'm a man. Hold on. Made mistakes. Then he had a. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. What a bittersweet story. The chap got what he wanted was to sleep like a normal person, but in return, he passed away. Great acting and directing, but I digress. These young chaps did a great job talking about this film. If you want to listen to more Big Trouble, in Little Podcast, go follow them on Spotify and iTunes and give them a review. Pretty please with sugar on top. Also follow them on Twitter at Big Trouble Net. The next film they will be talking about, The Straight Story, another true story movie, and I heard it's a Disney film that's wonderful. So go listen to them next week. Cheerio.